This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. basic survivalist checklist for traveling an apocalyptic wasteland. A solid filter? Homemade is fine. A tent. An extra tent if one of your companions snores. Companions who know how to use weapons. A talkative former radio host with a wind-up ham radio. A map. Some super old printouts from MapQuest will do, even if they're from the early 2000s old. And all the MREs you can stuff into a wagon. None of the ones you found in a bucket. And, if you have it, a bike to help you pull it all. Hello, fellow survivors. This is Joe Prendergast with an actual location update. I have managed to leave the bunker. We are currently following the guidance of Ji Hyun, who says based off the printouts that we have to get to Chicago by following the river to the highway. I think I know what she means. As for the leaving part, it took me, us, a while to get started on that. Um, Nothing to do with it being scary outside or the fact that it smells like hot sand and old ashtray out here or that the sky is just now an orangey haze. We had to get our supplies ready for three days. It just took three days. I am not a wimp who is afraid to go outside. I am just cautious. So we went through every room of the cabin before leaving, stripping down everything and anything of use and that we could find a way to carry. It was surprisingly hard for me to gut my uncle's place. He let me stay here when stuff got nutty in New York, and it just happened to save my life. But I have to leave it, even if it felt like leaving him again. I'm starting to figure out that Scout is a bit of a nihilist, and by starting to, I mean that when I was hesitating at the door about leaving, she said, you want to die out here or out there? Either way, you're going to die. It worked! (laughs) Now I'm out there, or here, or... Oh. Where are we? Joe here again with an official, official location update. We are staying the night at a local college that we happened upon. A supposedly abandoned local college... You see, when we arrived, it was in the middle of another location update, and we had been following a main road until we reached these two 
definitely fake stone signs, like signs so worn that all I said was, hmm, and what was left of college. Okay, it didn't let, literally say what was left of college, but the word college, and it was like, worn. you get it. We followed the winding road to a parking lot full of ditched cars covered in like a thin layer of ash, and it was kind of a lot of cars considering that when I was in school, anyone who owned a car was totally down to drive off campus whenever possible. So the the parking lot was spooky, and the campus was even spookier. Like I said, supposedly abandoned, and I've had the joy of learning that a quiet quad is a creepy quad. It just looks really weird without people on it. And while I was busy being uneasy, Ji Hyun and Scout noticed that there was even more weird things. Scout pointed at the lawn that even if it was gross and brown, it looked like it had been mowed recently. And Ji Hyun looked at everything and just said, it's clean. And she's right. This place should look like worse than after pledge week or whatever this college's version of the annual it's okay to day drink day event. Ji Hyun summed up our simultaneous realization with a there seems to be people here. Proceed with caution. So of course we proceeded to keep on exploring. This place is weird. Let's keep looking around. Though I was going to protest, and then I remembered that Scout hadn't had any luck hunting on the way over here, so it did make sense to go looking for the student store and see if it had anything. And we found it, and not only was it locked, but it looked clean and normal, like no one had come through and tried to raid it. And yes, this place is far enough away from the city that, that most of the looting would have missed them, but... These are college students. They go nuts over free pizza. Either way, the student store doors were glass and no match for Scout's throwing axe. We grabbed all the probably expired chips we could hold and hurried out. And still, not a single person showed up. So we got our Funyuns and our little Debbie snacks and we got ready to leave Creep Campus when our old friend blustery winds came blowing through and what little ash there was got thrown into our faces and we just we had to find shelter and the other said we should just stay the night we ran to the closest place that looked like it didn't have classrooms this one that was nearish the quad and it had these like big columns in the front and it made it look like super old and pretentious and just like the student's door, this one was locked and not busted. Scout and I were debating between like picking the lock or her just swinging her axe into it when Ji Hyun kicked it down with one swift boot kick. I was so stunned and aroused, amazed, stunned and amazed. And you know what's worse than a dorm with the lights off? A dorm that looks empty but might not be empty with the lights off. Ji Hyun and I whipped out our fl- wind-up flashlights and cranked them up and wandered the halls. We passed a lot of posters on our way to the lounge, and I couldn't help but think about how all of these events probably got canceled by the apocalypse. You know? Still, no students, and we found a couple of empty and open rooms on the second floor. So we just 
said, fuck it. Each picked a room and, you know, have a chance for us to each get a little bit of space. And Scout picked the first watch shift. And I'm mad that we haven't left yet, but I am kind of excited to sleep on a real bed again. Even though it has only been, like, one time that I slept outside. Personal sidebar. I'm having trouble sleeping, even though it really seems like there's no one here and the footsteps in the hall are just scout patrolling. But it doesn't help that this place brings back all of the poopiness that was freshman year. Generic furniture, bare off-white walls that have definitely been painted way too many times over. A room too small for two people. A roommate that wasn't happy about me having people over and was doubly unhappy learning that me being bi meant that I was twice as likely to sexile her. I'm not sure if this is better than the basement. I mean, at least I get the top bunk because... Oh. I think Scott's at the door. my turn for patrol and a personal update. It was Scout at the door earlier. Apparently she had gotten sick of patrolling. Well, she didn't say that. She said, screw it, let's have a sleepover, and dragged me to Jihyun's room. She wasn't sleeping either, and we walked in on her doing push-ups? She just stood up, crossed her arms, and gave me a look that stopped the buck of asking, you know. I don't think the woman knows what embarrassment is, because she just waved us in after. And... We did have a sleepover. No more separated rooms, just a bunch of grown women stuffed into one tiny dorm room. Scout broke open one of the ready-made meals as a snack, despite Ji Hyun mentioning rationing, and we munched on something that I think was supposed to be cookies. Maybe? I just went ahead and asked them if they had ever lived in the dorms and when they were in college, and then felt like an idiot because I assumed that they all went to college just like me. But Scout was good to go with a story that sounded like it was one of her favorites to tell. So she told us about how during her second year, her roommate last minute dropped out, and she got placed with this goth girl. First day in the dorm, she puts up this gigantic poster of her dead ex-fiancé, and just casually drops the hint that she still talks to him. Scout thought it was a joke at first, until one night when she woke up to her roommate having a fight with the poster. And then she said her grandma said she wasn't allowed to cast anymore, and she later finds out that her grandma is also dead. I just skipped over the fact that the goth girl sounds like all my friends in high school and college and adulthood. Instead, I tried to ask Ji Hyun, but she just said, I was in the dorms during ROTC, but never had to live in the barracks. Scout and I waited for her to tell us the rest, but... She did as she does and left it at one sentence. Hmm. It's kind of funny how we all have, like, weird roommate stories. I wonder if I'm anyone's weird roommate story. I bet I am. See, I even had a weird roommate story. One about the girl that I first lived with my freshman year. I told them how she was pretty miserable and homesick to start with and how she started coping with it got weirder and weirder until one day I walked in and she was on the phone with her cat 
And after a few meows, she started frantically packing all her stuff and saying she had to go home immediately because her cat was suicidal. <laughs> we laughed. Well, I laughed. Scout snorted and Jihyun's mouth, I think, twitched a little bit. Process? Progress? Close enough, right? <sighs> I forgot how much I miss talking to people. It's oh, how much I just really needed people in my life. It's good not to be alone anymore, even if everything just scares the poop out of me. When you're too afraid to leave and too afraid to reach out, it just makes everything absolutely awful. And though Scout and Jihyun are not exactly my first or even fifth choices for end-of-the-world companions, they'll do. I don't think we make it together. Uh, location update? Um, fellow survivors? I just woke up from a, a teeny tiny patrol nap to the sounds of people playing can jam on the quad? There are people here. I saw people walking on the sidewalks and holding books like they're going to class. I, I have to wake the others. Location update. We're currently hiding in the room, making escape plans. Scouts guarding the door in case one of them tries to come in, but we think they all might be staying in a different dorm than us. They seem benign, but caution is a necessity, says Jihyun in her usual stern monotone. Well, I've got the caution part down. So cautious, so cautious that... Uh, sorry about before, um, Jihyun knocked my radio out of my hand for probably being too loud, and it's probably a good call. Probably the nicest way I've ever been told to shut the fark up. Anyway, with Scout at the door, Jihyun was watching the window and noticed that there must have been some signal that we missed, because out of totally nowhere, everyone, even the ones playing Can Jam, dropped what they were doing and just joined the stream of students very weird uh like a like a stream of ants returning to an anthill except the anthill was the dorm we were staying in once they all got to the building i thought that's what it, that that would be it that would be the end of it they would trap us in the building and they were just coming for us still nothing then Scout was like, all right, Yankees, I'm going to find us a way out. Not only that, Jihyun agreed to stay behind and watch all the stuff, so that left me sit with Scout. So Scout was like, let's go, Joe. And when I was taken aback and didn't move, she was like, come on, chicken. Like, in an endearing way, not a mocking way. Well... Probably a little bit of mocking. So, location update. First Scout's a gentle request. I'm about to go listen near the common room for any signs of them gearing up to come get us. Well, Scout is looking for an exit. Wish me luck.
Audentis Fortuna Juvet. Joe here with an another location update. I told the others I needed to check my room, thinking I left something there, but really I just needed a moment after escaping uh, what is probably the worst escape room ever. Uh, so after the update, I went and hid in the stairwell near the common room to eavesdrop on whatever meeting was important enough to end a game of can jam early few minutes of waiting, no clues, just sounds of people sitting and shuffling. And then I noticed something didn't smell right. Literally. And not how, like, everything hasn't smelled right since the disaster, or not even the smell of, like, students who don't know how to do laundry or shower often enough. Like, I know that scent. So I peeked just a tad from the stairwell to see what was going on, just a peek, and it was not a normal common room meeting, but it took me a moment to put my finger on it. There was this guy, too old to be an RA, so I assumed a professor, and there was nothing obviously unusual about him. He looked like a normal university professor, a skinny white guy in glasses and a vest. And the two women who sat behind him were just in these typical office attire, looked pretty normal too. But that's what it was. That was what we hadn't noticed when we were looking out the window and why we probably hadn't encountered any of the students before this. The students, the the poor students, they were, they were barely a step above zombies. Most of them that we saw outside just seemed slow and just a little bit thin, but we couldn't see them up close. And and seeing these ones, they, they looked like mummies with like thin skin and bo- bone. And, oh, oh. What almost got me was the seconds long to glance back at the professor to see that he seemed fine, even healthy, and just a peek from him in my direction, and I had to scurry up the stairs. I moved quietly enough that I heard him order a few students to look in the stairwell, and while they didn't catch me before I got to the top, they didn't look too hard. A few looks around and didn't even see me peeking around the corner before turning to whatever the meeting was. Pretty weird for a search party to be so apathetic. So I positioned myself at the bottom of the well, shocked that the students didn't come find me, and so I listened as he started his lecture, and and I'll try and recount as much as possible without vomiting in my mouth. He was like, a boundary was crossed last night. One of you broke into the student's store and stole from it. And while I understand that extreme times call for extreme measures, which is, that that's not the phrase, that's not the phrase, but whatever. He went on to be like, in extreme times, it 
is even more important to respect each other and respect such boundaries. We are all still here together because we are stronger together as allies. No, really, he said allies. If we want to survive, we all must respect the rules that we have in place for your safety. I do this to protect me and you because I care about all of you. Oof. And then he ended with, to show that I really mean it, I have a special treat, free pizza. And they reacted as any students would, being offered free pizza. They cheered. Well, less cheered and more like sounds of moans of agreement, but still close enough. So I peeked again to see that if they really had pizza, and one of the women sitting behind the professor brought over two boxes of pizza. And in the hustle of students moving to get it, I almost missed the professor adding, and there's more for whoever can give me the name of who broke into the store. That should have been my cue to leave. But I got distracted by a student moving to get a piece of pizza and then collapsing. One student next to her seemed phased, but the rest just kept moving to get the pizza because don't stop in the wave of getting free food. And I can't be the only one who noticed that the slices were covered in cheese that was probably not originally blue. And one of the students, mid-chew, locked eyes with me and mouthed what was either help or hell. And that's when I left. So I'm back in the bedroom. Can't help but wonder if the student died or left to be with their family or what happened to them. There's still sheets on the bed, but no pictures on the wall. Alright, one last location update before we head out on the road. We're safe. For now. As safe as we can be right now. It was Jihyun at the door earlier, and so I followed her back to the room, and Scout and her told me the plan as we were packing up our stuff. It was a raid. We are going on a raid for food. After I told her what I saw, she started planning figuring that the professors who looked well were keeping food somewhere, and she guessed that they were keeping the students alive for some reason, maintaining routines, pretending everything's normal and fine. So, I guess I went on what is my first military raid? And, let me tell you, it was nothing like the one time I played Gears of War, or the many times I played Halo, it was probably the most like that one time in middle school when I played Slender and almost peed myself and then never played it again. And that's because <laughs> as soon as we rolled out, all I could think about was just rounding the corner and running into the professor or one of the students. We couldn't even wait until nighttime. We had to get our wagon of stuff and just roll out. We went back to the student store. Ji Hyun thinking that there would be probably a dining hall or a cafe of some sort near. And she was right. Of course. We found the kitchens in the same building and a padlock on the pantry. But it was no match for Scout's axe. We found bags and packets of very expired food, but less than we thought we would find. They probably already had gone through most of their supply. Scout got kind of excited about a couple month old box of 
moon pies and then had to remember that the food wasn't for us. We did a quick search of the nasty dining hall, and now I'm starting to wonder if there's a rule that every private college has to have a nasty dining hall. Anyway, we carried what we could in our hands and left it in the middle of the quad. And once we had, Scout nudged me and said, Do your radio announcer voice. Come on. If the grin didn't convince me to do it, it was the hog call she did right before I could say anything. Seriously, she did a straight-up redneck suey hog call. So, of course, I had to follow it up with an announcement that there was food in the quad. And at first, nothing happened. It was anticlimactic as fark. Then we heard the sounds of doors opening and people emerging, and we started to book it. We couldn't avoid all the students. We ran past a couple of them as we were leaving, and seeing us run the other way, I think they figured it out. Some of them even smiled at us. The woman I locked eyes with in the common room made the sign for thank you as I passed her. And, of course, we almost made it to the parking lot before we ran into Slenderman. I mean, the professor. He appeared from one of the halls and booked it in the direction of the quad. And when I spotted him, I can't believe it, but I got so surprised that I nearly tripped over my shoes like the smooth mofo I am. The small scream of surprise I made made him look in our direction and slow down to look at us. But he kept running when Scout readied her axe and told him to fark off. Well, to fuck off. So, spooky professor popping up like Slenderman in a home movie and some freaky students. That should have been the worst of it. But... Alright, I'm going to tell you guys something that I didn't tell the others. I think I caught something that the others didn't. On our way to the student center, I looked in the windows of one of the buildings we passed. It was a lab. A lab full of cadavers, and not normal cadavers. Cadavers that look like the student that I saw pass out. Just rows and rows of skeletons with skin, with the the cut open autopsy Y. I don't know if I should tell the others. It's haunting me. And I don't want it to haunt them. We've done what we can. And I, I can't stop thinking about the fact that when the professor ran past, I caught a whiff of formaldehyde. I hope we've done enough. I hope those students leave and get help, and I hope... I hope. Catch you on the next frequency. Joe out. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronbier, with editing help from Monty Mangerpan and Hillel Wayne. Help writing came from Jackie B. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronbier. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our technical engineer is Colin Bodier. This episode is dedicated to the void and how sometimes yelling into it helps. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. In return, 
email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. Not a bribe, just encouragement. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast, where you can get bonus content for supporting us with your money. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. If your college roommate thinks it's okay to play loud music in the morning, assert your dominance by hiring a one-man band to follow them around.